and welcome again to the Oat Health Heart Health Podcast. My name is Joe. Welcome for podcast number 23, October 29th, 2009. Once again, for any show notes and support materials for today's podcast, visit us at www.oathealth.com forward slash blog forward slash podcasts. And today's for today's show, we have recent news and recent research. Uh, today's news uh, comes out of the Toronto Times and actually is talking about where they grow our junk food. And actually the title is kind of a comical title, but really I think it has some, some great takeaways, um, some really good information uh, about, you know, where are we getting junk food from? Obviously it doesn't look like what it, uh, like, like what it started off as. It's not the same raw material. Uh, it's changed throughout the time. So where did it start off and what does that look like? And then we're going to take a little bit of a look at um, deep frying today. You know, a lot of our foods are deep fried. Uh, we're eating a lot of foods that, that come from deep fried sources. Uh, what happens when we deep fry? We use some of these different oils, the processed oils, and then take it a step further after they've been processed already and, and deep fry them. So let's go ahead and get started with today's podcast. Okay, and welcome back. All right, so today we have some information. I really um, think there's some good stuff here, especially in the news. Uh, just some inf- interesting information, where they grow our junk food. Um, one reporter went looking for farms that produce the raw materials for junk food and found that they make up almost half of the cropland in Ontario. So once again, this research coming out of Canada, but I think, or this um, story coming out of Canada, I think it still has a lot of relevance for us in the U.S. here uh, because a very similar uh, situation is happening here as well. And it really is a, uh, a realistic look at one farmer, uh, but really kind of then pans back and takes a look at the whole situation of where we're at. And, you know, he kind of jokes about the fact that you can't go to a, a Dorito farm or you can't find the trees that are growing soda pop. So, you know, where does all this stuff originate? Uh, it really comes down to generally most of our junk food is coming from two, two main sources, the, the, at least the main ingredients in those junk foods are generally coming from soybeans and from corn. And um, so you can't really find where they're growing our junk food. But when we when we look into the issue, the issue deeper and we look a little bit closer at what is junk food made up of, uh, what are the components, generally a lot of those things are coming from soybean and corn. And we're realizing more and more um, places are growing more and more corn. Uh, here they they he quotes that over 50% of the land in Ontario that's farm farmland is used to grow corn and soy. And so, you know, from a standpoint, you know, soy oil is probably one of the main sources of fat in the American diet, uh, along with uh, corn. We also, you know, corn has sweeteners and sugars that come from corn are more than half of what's used in the food industry. You know, so a lot of the sugar we get in our foods come from corn sources. Uh, and so this really, this article is really interesting, you know, besides highlighting some of the things about corn and soy um, and their, their place in, in our junk food, it really goes a little bit more into behind the scenes uh, from a farmer standpoint and how does this affect the farmer, you know, overall, how is it affecting negatively um, our environment and a number of things like that. So they actually talked to uh, one farmer, um, Dave Ferguson. Uh, he is just outside London, Ontario, and is farming land out there. And uh, he really talks about his position here and how he feels about this, the current situation. 
and some of the things that are going on, uh, realizing that the way he's farming right now, as far as corn and soy, he continues to grow that um, because of some of the pressures he feels to be able to be profitable, to be able to, to maintain uh, his farms. He feels a need that, that it's almost like you have to grow corn and soy, but he knows overall that his cur- current farming techniques are really um, overgrowing on the land that he has without properly rotating, using chemical fertilizers, um, not really putting much organic matter back into the soil, that he's pretty much just mining his land of fertility and, and taking all the the, um, the nutrients that are needed for long-term sustainability in the soil. And so he feels that the way we're farming right now really won't be able to be able to be sustained for feeding future populations uh, and what we're doing. And so besides that, the the way we're the farming, the chemical fertilizers and some of the runoff that we see, uh, you know, even some of the, the factory farms that had the the, um, the cattle and, and some of the, the bigger lots, um, the runoff that comes from all of that really is changing our waterways. Um, it's increasing bacteria levels in the waterways. It's, it's, it's killing off fish. It's really changing the scope of, of our waterways. And you may notice this more and more from not being able to fish in certain local areas because of the contaminants in the, in the, the waters there. And I know I feel more and more personally like I can't even eat the fish. If I did catch something locally here, I don't know how I'd feel about eating it. Um, and some of it really comes from you know, some of the nitrogen and the phosphorus um, from some of the, the fertilizers from some of the bigger places that are, are doing it. Some of the, the um, herbicides that they're using uh, really can, can cut off some of the oxygen, can cut off some of the supply to the fish uh, and be a danger for them as well. And so he's seen, they, they make kind of a funny statement here about the connection between uh, junk food farming and, and the environment, you know, saying that turns out environment, environmental degradation and junk food farming go together like fries and a Coke, you know. There seems to be a connection between how we're really forcing the issue with the corn and soy and how it's affecting our, our food chain and, and also our environment. And so, you know, they make a comment here, if you want cheap food, uh, that's what you're going to have. You really, I mean, you get what you pay for kind of a uh, mentality. You know, we kind of have that with, with our cars and with our clothes. Uh, maybe we don't really take that mentality when we start talking about things like um, our health and our food supply. And it's really amazing how much we've shifted in what we're paying for our food. So now we pay actually a lot less percentage-wise for our food uh, than we did, you know, not even so long ago. So uh, today I looked this up. Uh, on one of the um, USDA website subsidiaries, and uh, 9.8 of what we spend, um, that's after taxes, uh, 9.8. So it's actually even lower than that if we talk about gross. Um, 9.8 of what we spend is on food. Uh, really interesting stat there was 4.1 of that percentage, 4.1% is spent on food away from the home. So really that's totally putting our food supply in somebody else's hands. Even the other 5.7% um, is really, you know, we're eating a lot of that processed foods as well. And so we're spending not as much money on food. Uh, and we're definitely eating more, obviously, because caloric intake is higher. Uh, so it's a really odd dynamic. And what's even odder is, you know, right now, obviously, all this healthcare talk and all this reform talk, you know, where's all of our money going for healthcare? Uh, when we talk about these things, 
realize that we're spending 16% of the gross uh, domestic product on our health care currently. And if you break that number down, if you actually do it after, after taxes, it probably works out to be more like 20% um, of after-tax money spent on health care. And so what you're finding is we're spending half as much as we used to on food, spending twice as much or even more than we used to on health care, and especially compared to other countries, we're spending two to three times as much on health care. So there's this large flip-flop that's happened here. Uh, it really is having negative effects across the board, and we're not really paying attention to it, and it happens so slowly over time. And we're not really making that connection. That's another point that this article really makes is it's too bad that we're not making that connection between food, agriculture, and our health. And knowing that where we get our health is really from our food, and when we make that disconnect, we're not going to have uh, what we need. And so it really, it really speaks to you know needing some reform uh, to really turn this thing around, to say we really need to um, give more incentives to the farmers, give more incentives to um, the different places that supply us our food, to actually give more f- health food, healthy foods, as opposed to subsidizing those that are giving us more of an unhealthy food. And so, um, you know, one statement they make here at the end, we got cheaper food, we've become fatter, we got polluting, we've got pollution closing beaches. And so, you know, all together, uh, I thought it was a pretty good article. Check out the resources once again on our website, Toronto Star, uh, where they grow our junk food. And that brings us into our second one. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about deep frying. We're not going to be able to go into this really detailed because there's a lot of information here um, that we need to really start getting into slowly and start to understand some of the major concepts and then start getting into some of the details of how this really works out in our bodies. But I think it's important to at least start looking at how does deep frying, since we do so much of it, how does it affect our health? Uh, one of the stats here in this study uh, says that $83 billion in America, uh, twice that of the rest of the world, is being spent on commercial deep frying in its products. And so that's a huge amount. And obviously, we're eating a lot more than, than our fair share, especially compared to the rest of the world. And we know that during high heat processing, especially once again of these polyunsaturated fats, Fats that have more than one double bond, um, you know, so we have saturated, monounsaturated, and polyunsaturated. These polyunsaturated are really actually susceptible to more changes when we heat them. It creates toxic chemicals. It also cr- oxidizes the fats. And oxidation is maybe not a, a word that we're as familiar with as we are familiar with like words like antioxidant. And so a lot of the buzz right now is how do we get more antioxidants in? A lot of these, um, you know, there's a lot of different companies putting out a lot of products, a lot of advertisement going into antioxidants, fighting oxidation. And we know that in this case, deep frying oil is going to increase oxidation in those oils. And so we consume them. We're actually um, consuming things that are having more oxidation, needing an increase in antioxidants. And besides that, obviously the high heat is going to destroy any antioxidants that would have existed in that oil as well. So we have this really, this total flip-flop. So it would have been okay if it almost went to neutral and said, okay, it's going to oxidize, but we left the antioxidants. Or we took out the antioxidants, but we didn't oxidize the fat. But in this case, we did both. We removed the antioxidants or destroy them. And then also on top of that, we're adding oxidated fats into our body. And you can see the contrast there as if the other way, if the other way happened, like let's say we get, um, 
you know, a walnut that has not been processed at all. And so there, in that case, we're actually getting antioxidants into our body and that form of fat, and that we're not getting the oxidized fats um, that we would get from a processed oil. So it's a complete flip-flop. Uh, you know, it may not seem like a big deal when we look at it on the surface, but if you compound it every time you eat, every day, if you think about it that way and saying, okay, every time I'm putting something in my body, I'm actually putting something in that's d- d- diminishing my health, that's actually destroying my health, as opposed to I could be putting something in my body that would actually give me more health. So as you hear all the buzz about antioxidants and you know what it can do for anti-aging and what it can do for brain function and all these other things that you see advertised, remember that we want to decrease the amount of oxidized things that are going to come into our body. And that's really, really looking at things like, like deep frying fats um, you know, in, in, you know, in restaurants and, um, some of the, the, like the chips and the, um, donuts and the French fries and, uh, a number of things that have been fried, uh, commercially or in the restaurant that can really have negative effects on our health. And, and once again, really realizing when you're looking at some of the things that they're doing, maybe at a restaurant or the packaged food we're buying, that those polyunsaturated fats that they're going to advertise maybe on the packaging have really been, more susceptible to the degradation through the, the, the frying of the fat. And so we really want to be careful in looking at it that way too and saying, oh, well, this has better types of fats in it. Well, if it's been deep fried, you know, to make a potato chip, then it's not going to be as good for us as well. Um, and just remember that higher heat that they use, that the more oxidation is going to happen. So if you remember chemistry class, the more heat you add to an environment, uh, the more actually that the change happens faster. Um, so once again, it doesn't seem like as much of a big deal. Not able to go into it into real deep detail today, um, but to start to think about the issue of when I put something in my body, it has the ability to either add health or take health away. And if we look at that broken down meal to meal, day to day, um, we look over 30 years, 40 years, that flip-flop, of not putting something good in my body and then putting putting something detrimental can really have a uh, large impact. So once again, another small step, either negative or positive, can have a really long-term, really um, impactful difference in our lives. And so uh, once again, continue to look at this issue, continue to be aware of your food and what you're eating uh, and the issues that surround uh, your food and health. Uh, that was our show today for today, uh, podcast number 23. Once again, to get any of the show notes, to get any of the resources we talked about today, uh, we're going to have that information on our website, www.oathealth.com forward slash blog forward slash podcast. Uh, 